Today is uh, the second message in our Christmas series, and we're just going to literally pick up um, from what we started last week. The Christmas series is Hope of All Nations, right? And we started last week in this scripture in Matthew chapter 12, and I want to read it again. Matthew chapter 12, verses 15 through 21. You can follow along on the screen or in your Bible. Jesus knew what they were planning. And just to remind you what they were planning is that the Pharisees, the religious leaders um, of the day were planning to arrest and murder Jesus. Okay, so that's what he's talking about. Jesus knew what they were planning, so he left that area and many people followed him. And he healed all the sick among them, but he warned them not to reveal who he was. And this fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah concerning him. Look at my servant whom I have chosen. He is my beloved who pleases me. I'll put my spirit upon him, and he will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not fight or shout or raise his voice in public. He will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. Finally, he will cause justice to be victorious. And let's read this uh, verse all together. And his name will be the hope of all nations. His name will be the hope of all nations. Come on, tell somebody one more time. It's Jesus. And that's what we learned last week, that it's the name of Jesus that is the hope of all nations. And I also want to go back to something that we took a look at last Sunday as well, but I'm going to elaborate a little bit more on it this morning because something that moved me and wrenched my heart uh, came out this week. We, We talked a little bit last Sunday about John Chow. Who was here last week to hear about John Chow, right? Uh, A missionary who uh, recently gave his life um, to preach the gospel to this tribe of people on an island in the Indian Ocean known as North Sentinel Island, right? And he prepared for many years, he prepared for many years, uh, got the, the training necessary to be able to go and live with these people on this island that have had very limited contact to the world and zero contact to the, uh, zero uh, exposure to the gospel of Jesus Christ. They never heard the gospel. And his plan was to prepare himself to go live with them until he could learn their language, which by the way, no one knows their language but them yet. But he learned the linguistics necessary to go live among them, learn their language, and eventually be able to preach the gospel to them. And uh, I'm, I'm sure most of you have heard the story. He went out um, and he was greeted with their spears. And uh, the first day he swam to shore, uh, a spear, actually the, the, the fishermen that were watching said that it hit his Bible. And he swam back out to his boat, spent the night, and went back out the next day. And the, the last report was that they saw, uh, the, the fishermen saw the, the tribe uh, dragging his dead body across the beach. And uh, so John Chow gave his life to to share the gospel with a group of people that have never received it because he believed Jesus is the hope of all nations. And he believed that the gospel must be preached to all nations. That the gospel must be preached even to the darkest corners of the earth. The gospel, the message of the good news, the message of the kingdom of God, absolutely by life or by death, must be given to every man, woman, and child on the planet because Jesus said he would only return when everyone has heard. Now, I read you a phrase that 
was reported from his last journal entry, but this week it was released. The, the full handwritten journal entry was released for us to read. And I want to read you the whole journal entry. This is what he wrote. Listen, this is what he wrote as he was preparing to go back onto that island to share the gospel with these people. I, it might be hard for you to read, but I'm gonna try. It says, you guys might think I'm crazy in all this, but I think it's worth it to declare Jesus to these people. God, if I get killed, God, if I get, sorry, please do not be angry at them or at God if I get killed. Rather, please live your lives in obedience to whatever he has called you to. And I'll see you again when you pass through the veil. Don't. I can't read that. This is not a pointless thing. The eternal lives of this tribe is at hand. And I can't wait to see them around the throne of God, worshiping in their language, as Revelation 7, 9 through 10 states. If you, no, I love you all, and I pray none of you love anything in this world more than Jesus Christ. To God be all the glory, John Chow. This was retrieved from his journal entry, his final journal entry before he gave his life. You know, this man had hope. He had hope. He hoped that all tribes, including the North Sentinelese, that all people on earth would hear and receive the gospel. He had that hope, and that hope moved him to action. And I believed he agreed with the Apostle Paul who said, either by life or by death, I'll give God glory, right? And now, let me tell you what is stirring. What is stirring is a missionary movement to continue to go to these tribes and preach the gospel. And a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of people who are saying, I'll be will, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to take the gospel to people by life or by death because Jesus said, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it won't produce fruit. But when it does, it'll produce great fruit, right? He had hope. And that leads me to just remind you of something that we believe at Encounter Church. We truly do believe that Jesus is the only hope of the world and that all people must hear the good news. Why do we go on mission trips? Why do we support missionaries? Why are 25 of us going to Cuba this week? We've been told, we've, we've had some comments that I don't agree that you go to Cuba, it's dangerous. Uh, I, I'm not sure that you should do that. Are you sure that that's a wise thing to do? Let me tell you what is the wisest thing to do. The wisest thing to do is to preach the gospel to all nations. And we believe that Jesus and only Jesus is the hope of all nations. And we must partner with him in bringing the good news of his kingdom to every tribe tongue, and tribe, tongue, and people. We believe he's the hope of all nations. And that's why. And today, 
I want to continue with this. Last week we learned it's Jesus. It's his name. It's the gospel that is the hope of all nations. And the title of today's message is Hope First. Come on, tell your neighbor, Hope First. Because in reality, if you want to follow along in your bulletin, in reality, before you can have anything else, you first have to have hope. If you don't have hope, you have nothing. That's what's called being hopeless, right? Without hope, we truly have nothing. If there's no hope, there's nothing left. Because everything is built upon hope. Anything and everything that's ever been done in the world, anything good, happened because somebody had hope that something good could happen. So they did something about it. See, if we don't have hope, we have nothing. Look, hope, what is hope, by the way? Because a lot of times we say words without really knowing what they are. What is the definition of hope? Here, here you have it. Hope, let's go back to the definition. I think we have that where it says hope is a feeling of expectation. Right. Hope is a feeling of expectation. Come on, tell somebody it's a feeling. It, it is. It's a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. It's the belief or desire that something good can happen. When you have hope, you believe that something good can happen. Hope is the foundation of the soul. And every good thing is built upon hope. Hope is the foundation of the soul. Everything good is built upon hope. If you're going to build anything good, if you're going to see with your eyes anything good happen, you've got to have hope. Come on, tell your neighbor, hope first. The Bible actually says, that it's hope that's our anchor. Hope is our anchor. Look at Hebrews 6, 18 through 19. It says, so God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it's impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge. Anybody fled to him for refuge? Has anybody found their safe place in God? Those of us that have fled to God for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. It's before you. It's in front of you. And if you've lost all hope, you can regain hope today because there's something good that lies before you. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. Oh, I love this. It says it leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. What does all of that mean? Hope holds our heart and soul in place like an anchor does a ship. Now, a lot of times we, we really don't think about a ship needing an anchor until there is a storm, right? Or until there is a necessity of, I need to stay right here, right now, right? That's what the anchor is for. 
And I don't know about you, but there have been some times in my life, and when I look around at everybody around me and what's happening in the world, it feels shaky. (laughs) It feels insecure. It feels unsure. It feels like, it feels chaotic. It feels like you're not sure what lies ahead, or it might appear like what lies ahead is not good, right? But hope holds our heart in place in the midst of a life in a world that is constantly moving, constantly shaking, and constantly changing. Come on, touch your heart and say, steady my heart, Lord. (laughs) Because this is reality. The world is shaking, the world is moving, and the world is changing. Come on, let's get real and raw. Your situation and circumstances are moving, they're shaking, and they're changing. There's not a whole lot of security in this world. In fact, Jesus promised us we shall have affliction in this world. Jesus, when he talked about building our life upon his word, says that we should, because the wind and the waves will come, not might. See, we don't need hope so that everything can be all right. We need hope because sometimes everything isn't all right. But we still believe something good can happen. And when everything is good, we believe more good can happen. Hope holds me down because even though everything's moving, shaking, and changing right now, I still hold on to this feeling, this desire that something good can still take place. Amen? Amen. That's why when people say they're hopeless or when you meet somebody or talking to somebody and you realize they're hopeless, they've lost all feeling that something good might still happen. It's this feeling of it's all over, it's all done, I'm sunk, I'm drowned. There's no possibility of anything good still happening. They've lost hope. But I've met people that have gone through things that to me are like unimaginable. Pain that is unimaginable. Difficulty, circumstances, loss. That to me is like, wow, that seems like it would overwhelm you. And you talk to them, and they have hope for the future. They still believe that something good can come and something good can happen. Because hope holds us down. Not only is it like an anchor that holds us down, that steadies our heart when things are moving and shaking and changing, but hope, if you're, let's take a look at this verse again, the, uh, the, the last part of that verse that we just read, it says, it, hope, leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Just want you to think about that. Sometimes we relate to God from like behind a curtain, like from a distance, right? Even though maybe you have put your faith in Jesus and you've been born again and the curtain has been torn open, there is open access, but still it seems like sometimes you're like just relating to God kind of behind a, from a distance, let's say. And a lot of times, that's because you've lost hope. Because when you have hope, it pushes you close to God. When you lose hope, it pushes you away from God. 
Are, are, you, are you with me? I, I have experienced this in my life, and I have so many friends that I can tell you, and you look at what they're going through, and it's like, what you need right now more than anything else is to stop pushing yourself away from God and come close. But in the moment of difficulty, you're, you're behind the curtain rather than up close in the inner sanctuary. And it's because you still need to have hope. Even though right now your situation may be hopeless, it's not hopeless. You just feel like it's hopeless. And you're going to understand why here in just a few minutes. That even in the midst of hopelessness, there can still be hope and your hope can be restored. Come on, somebody say, hope first. Hope first. In fact, you can't even have faith without first having hope. You can't. Because Christians, we always talk about faith. It's all about faith. And I live by faith. And well, yes, we'll get to that in just a minute. But the reality of Scripture, if you take a look at it, a good look at it from beginning to end, the basis of faith, the foundation that we, I said is the foundation of the soul, the foundation of faith, that faith is an addition to hope first. The first has to be hope for there to be faith. Let's take a look at Hebrews 11.1. 1. Just read that. You don't have to read it out loud. That's all right. Thank you, though. How about we read about six or seven different translations of the same verse? Is that all right with you today? Because yeah. I feel like I, I feel like. I don't know if I'm the only one that sometimes you're hearing God, but it's kind of like, it's just kind of like, okay, come on, like get all the way in there. Like I, I got it up to here, but I want it to go all the way in, right? And what I want to do is take this verse and I'm going to read it in. I think I have six or seven different uh, translations of the same verse so that it can like get into our brain and even more importantly into our spirit today, all right? It says, now, again, let me go back. To have faith, first you have to have hope. There's nothing to have faith in if you don't have hope. Faith comes after hope or is built upon hope. For faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It's the evidence of things we cannot see. That's the New Living Translation. How about the English stand Standard Version? Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Contemporary English version. Faith makes us sure of what we hope for and gives us proof of what we cannot see. Come on, remember, hope is a feeling. It's a desire. You can't see it, okay? Uh, ERV, I think that's the easy read version. <laughs> Faith is what makes real the things we hope for. <laughs> Faith is what makes real the things we hope for. It's the, it is proof of what we cannot see. The Passion Translation. I think this might be my favorite. Now, faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. Faith brings our hopes into reality. And I want to round it out with the good old King James Version. 
And it happens to be my favorite. Because it says now faith is the substance of things. What? Hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Come on, tell somebody. Hope first. Then faith. Now, hope is first, but faith is substance. Hope is a feeling or a desire. It is ethereal. It is non-tangible. It's just something on the inside and kind of like around you, right? Hope is a feeling. Hope is a desire. Hope, faith cannot, but hope can be worked up. That's why sometimes people say, don't get your hopes up, right? Because hope is a feeling. And how many of you know you can control and manipulate and throw your feelings, right? You can kill feelings. You can feed feelings, right? Hope is a feeling. Hope is a desire. Hope is non-tangible, but it's something so very real. And it's something that we have to work on. Keeping our hope. But faith is substance. Faith is... Now, what's the difference between something that is non-tangible and something that has substance? Like, you can touch it, right? You can see it. You can feel it. And a lot of times, people mix these things up, and they think that faith is just something kind of out there and floating around, and all of a sudden, whoa, I found faith, and you know, whatever. And, And a lot of people equate faith to just a feeling. I feel like I believe in Jesus. No, 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 no. That's hope, okay? That is not faith. And if that's the only faith you have, today you need to get saved. Because, come on, I'm, I'm being, I'm just. Faith is not a feeling. Hope is a feeling that you need and you need to keep. But faith is actual substance. There's something there that, that, that is tangible, that is visible. Um. Let's see. Let me try to break it down a little bit. I thought all of a sudden my notes had been erased, and then I felt hope that maybe not. And there they are. Woo! That, they were gone for a second. I was about to need some hope restored. All right. I want you to connect hope, connect hope and faith today, and then we're going to connect it to love too. But we'll get there. But let's connect hope and faith first. Faith actually brings hope to life. Faith goes beyond feelings and desires. Hope is a feeling, but faith is an action. Faith puts my hope into action. See, Jesus is the hope of all nations, but I have to do something with that hope in Jesus in order for it to make any difference in my life. The Bible doesn't say we're saved by hope. It says we're saved by grace through faith. 
And so when I see Jesus and all that Jesus has done, and I see him coming as we're celebrating as Christmas, the word being made flesh and dwelling among us, God revealing himself, himself in a visible way to the world and to all nations, and then living a perfect life and dying a criminal's death on the cross, carrying my sin, my shame, my everything, paying the price to forgive me and the promise of eternal life, and then promising to send the Holy Spirit to live on the inside of me and the promise of the Father to baptize me in the Holy Spirit. And I hear about all that. Oh, boy, do I hope it's real. Does anybody hope that's true? Good, because it is. But that's... Not all there is to it. Faith requires me to do something about what I'm hoping for. Now, you might be saying, okay, break it down, Hunter. Okay. Let me just give you a few examples. Are you ready? Are you sure you're ready for this? Hope says, I want to go to heaven when I die. Ready? Hope says, I want to go to heaven when I die. I mean, how many people say, I hope I go to heaven, right? I hope there is a heaven, right? But faith says, I will follow Jesus until I die, convinced that he saves me and gives me eternal life. See, one thing is I hope it happens, and the other thing is I'm going to do something about it. That's faith. Hope says, I wish that person were healed. Faith says, I will lay my hands on that person and pray, convinced I can heal them because Jesus said so. Hope says, I want to be healthy. Faith says, I will pray, declare scriptures, and practice good habits. Do something about it. Come on, somebody. Faith is not some religious feeling. It's life. It's action. Hope says, I wish my finances were blessed. Can I get an amen on that one? Hope says, I wish my finances were blessed. I wish I was prospering. And faith says, I'm going to obey God's word by tithing and being generous, convinced he will bless me. Hope says, I desire to have a healthy, happy soul. And faith says, I'm going to forgive seven times, 70 times and rid my soul of all bitterness. It's a little bit different, right? I wish I wasn't bitter. Well, you can do something about it. It's called faith. Stop wishing and act. Shatalabaka. All right. Uh-oh. 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 Come on, somebody. Hope says, I wish I could get married one day soon. A lot of speaking in tongues about to happen on this. All right. Hope says, I wish to get married one day soon. And faith says, I'm going to pray and do everything I can to prepare myself for marriage. Hope says, I want to see all the nations hear the gospel and be saved. And faith says, I'll obey Jesus and preach the good news to my friends, family, city. And if God makes a way, even in other nations. See, hope 
first. But faith brings hope to life. Faith gives hope an outlet into the real world. And then 1 Corinthians 13, 13, if that weren't enough, says three things will last forever. I mean, that's a profound statement right there. I don't know about you, but I've read over that probably 125 times and just read how three things will last forever. Faith, hope, faith, hope, and love. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. All right. Got to love faith, hope, and love. But three things will last forever. How many of us know that not everything lasts forever? Not many things last forever. <laughs> My parents have in one of their bathrooms uh, um, a funny little, um, I would call it piece of art. It's uh, just like a frame with a statement on it. And they, have, they don't really believe it. They just think it's funny like I and it just says, if I can't take it with me, I ain't going. <laughs> In reality, there's a lot of things you can't take with you. <laughs> there's a lot of things that are here today and gone tomorrow. There are many, many, many things that are here in this life and in the life to come. It, it, you can't. Many things we work hard for in this life and then in eternal life, it's like, what was that all about? <laughs> but it says that three things will last forever. Like these three things are eternal things and it says faith, hope, <laughs> and love. And the greatest of these is love. Why is that? Because listen, the world has hope, right? They're, they're, Hope, again, it's a feeling, it's a desire. You don't even have to know God to have a type of hope, right? Does anybody hope it snows today? Does anybody hope it does not snow? We got about half and half, all right. Did anybody hope that Atlanta United would win the cup last night? Some of you had faith too and you prayed it through. Thank you, Jesus. All right, no. How many of us hope the Falcons will win the Super Bowl? How many of us hope the Cowboys will win the Super Bowl? How many of you could care less? All right. How about I hope I win the lottery? Maybe we don't play the lottery. What do you It'd still be great to win it, but anyway. How about I hope I get a raise? I thought I'd get more amens on that one. I hope traffic won't be so bad today. <laughs> you better have a lot of faith for that one in Atlanta. See, but that's hope. It's this desire, this feeling, something good can happen, and it can. A lot of people hoped that Atlanta United would win, and they did. A lot of people hoped the Falcons would win the Super Bowl two years ago, and they almost did. <laughs> A lot of people hoped the Braves would win the pennant in the World Series this year, but they almost, almost did. <laughs> A lot of people hope that we would not have ice on the roads this morning, 
And some people hoped there, there would be because you didn't want to get up and come to church. Well, some people hope. You see what I'm saying? Hope is, is, that's not, that's not the kind of hope I'm talking about. Those are good things. You can hope for, I mean, I, I actually like snow. I hope it does snow. I like snow. My kids have been saying, when's it going to snow for like six months? It's like, baby, it's June. (laughs) Not anytime soon. Oliver hopes to go to Six Flags every weekend. But I don't have enough faith for that. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? See, some hopes are not bad, but they're kind of silly. They're kind of, if it happens, great. If it doesn't, but that's not God-type hope. See, godly hope is based on the love of God. Godly hope is based on the belief that God really is good and that he can and might and even will intervene in our situation. Worldly hope literally basically just consists of all the right circumstances lining up. And it happens. What I wanted to happen happened, right? The cold air came into the right part of the atmosphere and the moisture met it at the right part of the atmosphere. And it was just cold enough for snow to come all the way down to the ground. That's, that's just, okay, those circumstances line up and you, you get snow if you like snow. I don't know. The, the guys were on the right place in the field last night and they made the goal at the right time and they won! Okay, but that's just circumstances, and that's based on the ability and the goodness of people. Which, if you haven't noticed, that often fails. And if your hope is just based on natural things, if your hope is just based on the right situations happening, the right circumstances lining up, talking to the right people, the right connections, or that those people might be good enough, then your hopes are going to be dashed and crushed again and again, and every once in a while, one will happen. But if your hope is in God, it's based on something that's absolutely unshakable. I have an unshakable hope because I am loved with an unshakable love. I have an unshakable hope because my hope is based on the goodness of God, which is unshakable goodness. He's good when things are good, and he's good when things are bad. He's good when all my worldly hopes are being fulfilled, and he's good when all my worldly hopes are just not lining up, and people just aren't being that good to me. Hope in God is based on the love of God. And this is where I go back to the beginning I still believe, even in tough situations, something good can happen. Not because that situation may, may or may not change, but because I believe God is good. But, and because he is good, something good can happen. Amen? And some of you may feel like something good can't ever happen. You might be in a situation where you truly feel like the good thing's never going to happen. And I, I'm not going to stand here and promise you it's going to happen exactly like you think. Because it might not. But it can. 
And it might happen in a way you didn't think, in a way you're not asking for, and it'll be oh so good because God is good. Hope in God, godly hope, is based on the fact that I am loved by a perfect, loving Father who is perfectly good, and He has good things in store for His children. And that even though we will go through trials, we will go through tough circumstances, we will face affliction in this world, we serve a good Father who has a hope and a future for us. Therefore, I hope and I'm anchored by that hope. My heart is steady, although the circumstances are not. Just to finish it up here, God's love inspires hope. And hope comes alive through faith. God's love inspires hope. The kind of hope we're talking about today. The God kind of hope. See, you can have all the earthly hope in the world, and that comes and goes, and based on feelings, right? But real godly hope is inspired, like, by the realization that, listen, I just want you with me for another couple of seconds. You are loved by God. You're loved. And if you realize he loves you, you can believe he has good things for you. And if you believe he has good things for you, you can believe good things can come, good things can happen. Even when bad things happen, you can believe, you can really, truly, really still feel like something good can still come. Because I have a God who loves me and he's perfect in love. He loves me through the thick and the thin. He loves me when I'm good and when I'm not so good. And because I am loved by a perfect loving God, I can have hope in him. And I can base all my hopes on Him. And I can build, come on, I can build my life by faith acting on that hope. God's love is a person. He's the hope of all nations. He wants to be your hope. It's, it's Jesus. Jesus is the hope of all nations. Jesus is the manifest love of God. The perfect expression of the love of God. If you want real hope that stays with you and that even when you feel like you're losing hope, you can get it back, you need Jesus. You need Jesus. Do you know his love? I don't mean, do you believe Jesus loves me this and no for the Bible tells me so because you've heard it and you've sang it. And, no, no, no. Do you know his love for you? Do you know how he loves you? He loves all of us, but listen, he loves you 
individually. You are the only you. And he loves you. I don't know about you, but that makes me hope for great things. To know that I'm loved by such a great God. If you don't know his love, you can know his love today. Is your hope in him? And have you decided to have faith in Jesus and put your hope into action? Have you made the conscious decision to surrender your life to the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you made the conscious decision? Has the Holy Spirit convicted your heart and you made the conscious decision? I'm not just going to hope in some God that I hope is real. No, no, no. I truly believe what he says. I truly believe in what Jesus, who Jesus is and what he did on the cross and that he rose from the grave and he ascended into heaven and he came to give eternal life. And I don't just hope, but I take action on that hope. I surrender my life to Jesus. I turn away from sin. I turn away from this world and I turn my life over to him. If you haven't, you can today. Because this is how we build our life. We build by faith on the foundation of hope, all because He loves us. And that will last forever. That hit some of you, let me say it one more time because it's about to hit some more. If I build my life by faith, on the foundation of hope because he loves me that will last forever you can stand